Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast, where two old-school Heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name is Rachel. And I'm Keisha. And today, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 23, How to Stop an Exploding Man. Alright, back to the normal voice. <laughs> I, I, wish we, I wish I had something to add to that, because I wanted to keep it going. <laughs> so, Keisha... Yeah. Hi. We've got a little bit of new news before the episode. Why don't we... Just a smidge. Let's just dive into it. All right. So, first of all, if you remember... Was it like a couple episodes ago I mentioned the Superman movie coming out? I think it was. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The Superman Man of Tomorrow DC animated film that Mr. Quinto is part of didn't have a release date when we first talked about it, but now it does. Uh, that movie is going to be released on digital August 23rd, 2020, and on Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K Ultra HD on September 8th, 2020. And so you get to see, or hear rather, uh, Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor, which is super great because, you know, people who he gets involved with later on the show played Lex's dad in Smallville, and it's just all one big, like, DC family kind of thing now. And plus, the trailer for it is out now, and you only get to hear Quinto for literally a line of dialogue, because it's mostly, you know, it's mostly centered around Darren Chris's Superman, which is kind of a trip to hear, because I've been a fan of his for so long, and I don't immediately associate him with that role, but I'm excited to watch the movie, because the DC anime movies are, mwah, they're, they're chef's kiss, they're really good. And uh, I believe Rachel wanted to tell us about a fun thing that... Another former media, let's say, I don't know, enemy of Heroes posted, but didn't have to be a big old asshole about it. Yeah, if you remember our rant last week about EW, uh, I found an article from E! Online, again, promoting the show um, for Peacock. And it was just it was just an article. There was no shade in it. And it talked about what the main cast was doing now. Like, after Heroes, what they did after Heroes. Mm -hmm. So that was cool to look through to see everything that everyone has been in. Like, I didn't realize that uh, James Lee did a lot of um, voiceover work, like, in Grand Theft Auto and stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool to find out. That was when I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. So, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Because they were totally one of the sites that used to talk shit when the show was still airing and their reviews got sassy just like a lot of places did but it's nice to see where it's like hey man time has passed water is under that bridge we don't have to keep looking at the show this way we don't have to keep talking about it this certain way so it was really nice to just have them be very neutral about it yeah yeah no extra shade again we'll hopefully see some more articles coming out and we'll see who we get to bitch about (laughs) as peacock (laughs) as we approach you know july 15th well, I mean, it was wild enough that Jimmy Fallon even asked Derek, uh, Zachary Quinto about it a yes. couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not a thing. You don't really see the Heroes actors get asked about that show very much. Um, so it's very clear that we're, we're in that promotional cycle for Peacock, and that's why it's happening. So I'll be excited to see if, if like Rachel said, we see more of that, because I bet we will. I hope we get a lot more people who give the show a try who haven't watched it yet through Peacock. Yeah, because um, I do believe the initial tier, if you will, of Peacock is just, it's free, but with ads. And I so I would assume Heroes is in that tier. Like, I bet all of their uh, original content is probably in the paid tier. I think, okay, I've, I've tried to look into this, and obviously it'll be much clearer once it launches. Mm-hmm. I think most of their shows, even their original content, will be free with ads. 
Oh, uh, that's... It, it, it's when you start getting into, like, the sports of it all that it starts to cost money, I think. Oh, I think. well, then that's... Do not hold me to that. That's great. If that's the case, I will put the app on my TV. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm fully planning on it, and not just because Easy Heroes access, which, yay, but mm-hmm. also... They're going to be streaming a show that I've actually been dying to watch, and it hasn't been on streaming before, and now it is. So, what show is that? Great. Yellowstone. Mm, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because I, I absolutely adore the cast and the creator. So, excellent. And I'm an old man at heart, and I like old man shows. <laughs> so I've never watched like anything like Longmire because I think I would like it too much. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Peacock launching soon. I wonder if that means it'll be off of IMDb uh, TV like sooner than later because I'm curious about that. It might. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's not just Heroes. A bunch of stuff uh, that was on NBC is on IMDb and I'm like, I wonder if they're going to lose the rights and it's just going to be on Peacock now. If it's not off already, I'm surprised that they... Yeah, I'm just surprised if it's not already. They might have it until like the end of the year. Maybe. Or just like... Till like fall or something like they have some date it might even be but. gone july 1st pay attention the first of july well i'll know because i've gotten all lazy and i don't do the dvds to do my rewatches <laughs> now i just do it on mdb and i take my earbud out when the reese's ads air <laughs> so, <laughs> i mean as much as i love hearing will arnett tell me i need a reese's which i don't disagree with um they're very repetitive so yep 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 and then i guess our final bit of new news in a way uh <laughs> Is uh, I put up a poll on the Eclipse Podcast Twitter a couple days ago or yesterday or something. I can't keep track of days anymore. I don't know anyone who can. Uh, in which I ask the very important question <laughs> now that season two is just around the corner, especially. Uh, which is your favorite instance of Nissan product placement on Heroes? The Nissan Versa or the Nissan Rogue? And by that, I don't just mean which car do you like best? Because whatever, that's arbitrary. No, I mean, which one do you like better in terms of its placement on the show, its use in storylines, and the characters that it's used with? So, the Nissan Versa, you had the Hero and Ando storyline, mostly with that. Mm-hmm. And in Season 2, you have spoilers, you have the uh, Siler and Co. storyline, the road trip. Yes. And I already said, like, you missed the cube. <laughs> For, like, and I said, season. nobody remembers the cube, so... <laughs> Because I, wa- I was going to include it. I was going to go, and then the cube. And then I, I, I myself couldn't even remember who the fuck was involved with that, if anyone. I remember. Because wasn't it just like, who's involved in the cube? Wasn't it like Hero and Ando again? Is it? Oh, yeah. that's so them. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was just like in like the graphic novels and stuff in like the ads. Because they like print ads for it. Uh, um, I think it was Hero and Ando and the baby. I th- oh, God. Mm-hmm. I'm intentionally having, like, a um, a mental block for that storyline. So, mm-hmm. oh, you just have a lot of stuff I don't want to think about yet. We have time. I don't have to think about that yet. <laughs> Get ready for the, uh, you've seen the rise of Hiro Nakamura. <laughs> Get ready for the other half. Um, God, the show didn't know what to do with him at a certain point. Um, yeah, so... That's uh, that's a fun little poll up on our Twitter. We'll be linking all this fun stuff in our show notes for when this episode is released. But now, let's get down to business. Season one finale. How to stop an exploding man. We are 
at the end of one journey, about to begin another, and our heroes are all finally in the same place, mm-hmm. in the same storyline. Holy shit, we did it. Woohoo! Uh, so now Rachel is going to kick things off for us where we actually left off last week, because like every single scene starts with that. So mm-hmm. how how are we uh how are we preparing for the end of our of our journey? Yeah, well, you know, like we talk about Heroes likes to do their uh five minutes before. But before I get into that, we get a Mohinder log over a bunch of things. And it is the Mohinder log from the first episode. At least most of it is. Which also means we get the old Mohinder accent back for this episode. And boy is it noticeable. It really is. Especially because the second half of it in the very beginning of the episode, which is a new addition, is done in the new Mohinder accent. So I don't know why they just didn't have Sentinel record the whole thing again. I do not know. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> that sure is a good point. Nah. Who knows why they didn't have him record the whole thing again. And I'm going to say budget. I'm going to say budget. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. So, we start the episode off with DL and Nikki, and, um, you know, like I said, it goes back a few minutes, and we we actually get Nikki, <laughs> with, after DL gets shot, Nikki actually says, why didn't you phase the bullet? And I realized why he didn't phase the bullet, because Nikki was directly behind him. If he would have phased the bullet, it would have hit Nikki. Oh. And so, I think it was a little more clear in this second shot, like it was a slightly different shot thing. Yeah. So if he would have phased, it would have hit Nikki, and the whole point of him jumping in front of the bullet was to save Nikki. So oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was like, ah, that's why I didn't phase it. <laughs> so we get to see Linderman die again, and um, she's all like, again, you, you should let the bullet phase through you. Why'd you save me? And you know, she's always the strong one. And uh, Linderman's men are pounding on the door. So. She's able to get DL up, and they are able to face through the wall again to get away. And then the show, again, cuts back five minutes again <laughs> to HRG murdering Thompson. You know, your last thought, bang, bang. And their whole discovering Molly, and Matt getting knocked out by Molly, and... Or not... Well, Matt getting knocked out by Molly. <laughs> <laughs> not Molly. There's too many M's. Yeah. There's too many M's. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, uh... We get to, um, you know, again, shoot me and she dies, etc. And then Molly looks, she's crouching under the bed and she looks at Matt and she's like, Officer Parkman? And he recognizes her too then. It's Molly. And he's like, all right, nobody's going to hurt you. And he stands back up and guns are all lowered. Like, that's it. I'm here. No one's going to hurt you. He gets like right between those two crazies. Yeah. Like, we're not going to murder this child. No. Mm -hmm. And I still think like if Matt hadn't paid much attention to HRD might have shot her a lot quicker if Mohinder wasn't there. So. Entirely possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, he kind of realizes, I think, you know, after being stopped, like, okay, it is a child. Like, alright, let's cool our jets. So, we don't get a full blowback on the next scene. Um, it is Hero coming out from the swordsmith being like, oh crap, Ando has gone. He's run off. He thought that I was out. He's going to do it himself. And, um... Kaito's out there with him, and he's like, you know, here, you have to remember your mission. But Hero's like, I cannot abandon my friend. And he's like, well, if you can't abandon your friend, then you've already lost. And again, we're not talking about Silent. (laughs) 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 And uh, Hero's like, you know, you've looked at me, you've looked at me with disappointment your whole life. I can't lose you now, because we've had this really great bonding moment, but I have to save my friend. And before Hero leaves to go save Ando... Uh, Kaito gives him some final words, which is, remember your legacy. Mm-hmm. And then Hero pops away to go save Ando again. Like, I just like, ooh, season two, season two is coming. 
Yeah, season two is butting its little head into all of this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially with the Kaito. Especially with the, if you will not abandon a friend hero, you've already lost. Mm-hmm. You've already lost. So, you know, because he's off to save him from Siler. <laughs> uh... We get a little glimpse of Siler here. We go over to him, and he's in the loft, painting again. And we get to see the events kind of flicker in his eyes. And I, it's not the first... I think we've seen Peter do that before. Have we seen him do it the same way? Um, I feel like we saw him have that, like, dream flash in his eyes, like, while he was passed out on the ground. I don't think we've seen it quite the same way, though, because they... The, the, when they each, even if they have the same power, it always presents differently in them. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen Isaac do it this way, though. No, no. Like, it's, um... Yeah, it's neat how each person that has it, it seems to uh, show up in a different way in their mind. Yeah. And his is like a slideshow. Yeah, and we're, get, we're get, it's like a little sneak peek about what's about to come in the episode. And he kind of settles on a scene where he is squaring off with Peter in Kirby Plaza. And we kind of see it present on the canvas right before he starts painting. And he gets pissy. He's like, Peter Petrelli. He turns around and slices the... the <laughs> <laughs> slices the iconic... Uh, Peter jumping off a building, um, painting um, in half. You know, like, ah, Peter. His little scowl at the camera. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, man. And I think They're gonna be boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's, like, where we had the, like, foo-woo, didn't we, for, like, Heroes thing? We went to our first break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Why, yeah. why don't you pick us up with where we're headed to next? Okay, so when we get back from the break, uh, Nate, okay. I just love this scene of Nathan just like pouting full of angst in his office listening to his own victory speech. <laughs> like it's it's just so Nathan's whole character just in a bubble. Yep. Like just that's him right there. Mm-hmm. He's he's guilt and he's also uh pride. So I just love how he's just surrounded by his own accomplishment but then also is really roiling emotionally with what's that, what it's about to mean. And Angela comes in, and they're talking about just the very practicality of what's about to happen, which is the chopper that they've arranged to take Heidi and the kids out of the city because it's about to go down. Angela informs Nathan that Linderman is dead. Someone got to him in his office. And so Nathan must know that DL and Nikki actually succeeded. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a big reason for that, uh, for, for Linderman being dead. And he knows that. And Angela, she tells him, hey, it doesn't matter. This doesn't change anything. The plan wasn't just his. And we get a lot more clarification about that later on. And he's like, after the explosion, the city's going to need me, Ma, the country, the world. And it feels to me very much like he's just telling her what she wants to hear more than he's actually believing it himself. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. The way Pazdar plays it there. Mm -hmm. It's like he knows all the boxes to tick to keep her satisfied and not not suspicious of any uh, involvement on his behalf of maybe not doing what the good little boy's supposed to do, not doing what the family favorite's supposed to do. So we'll see if, you know, he's actually going to hold to that. Uh, we go back to DL and Nikki and the, in the building at Kirby Plaza and DL's trying to get Nikki to leave him behind so that she can focus on finding and saving Micah. And it's just like a quick little scene with them. That's it. And we go back to Mohinder and Bennett (laughs) dragging Thompson's body away (laughs) so the guards don't see it. (laughs) They work great together. They're a good team. And, uh, Mohinder's super sass to Bennett. Like, 
Because Bennett's like, you just gotta trust with me and work with me on this. And Mohinder's just like, oh yeah, that's worked out so well before. <laughs> it's like, sarcastic ass. I love it. And they're talking about the company. And Bennett says, hey, the organization I worked for, worked past tense, used to stand for something. But now it's just corrupt. And Mohinder's just super defensive of Molly and the good she can do in the world. And I'm like, okay, is that like a 60-40 split of finding Siler and then like also curing the Shanti virus? <laughs> like... <laughs> What's what's the you know oh. what are, what are our priorities here, Doctor Suresh? Um, it's ninety percent she can find Siler. Let's be. I know real. I was being too kind with the sixty forty. Mm-hmm. I really was. But yeah, he's he's very protective of her already. He's like, it was my antibodies that saved her. I'm responsible for her life. He's like, mm, about it. And then Parkman comes in. He's like, there's something wrong with Molly because you know she's not feeling good. And while this is all going down, uh, Claire calls her dad as she's driving with Peter and she tells him that Ted's dead. Siler killed him. And so he talks to Peter now on the phone and uh, he tells Peter like Siler has it too. So now you have to stop him. You're the only person powerful enough to stop him. You're the only person who can even come close. And he tells them they can fix the tracking system here so they can find him. And there, it, this whole episode is really fun because it sets up a lot of fun future dynamics that we get to see on the show. Mm-hmm. And Bennett Peter's one of them. Mm-hmm. I love Bennett Peter. I love Bennett Peter. I love Bennett Mohinder. Like, I love Bennett Parkman. Like, Bennett slash someone. Yes. It's always, always a treat. <laughs> yes. And he has him swear to keep Claire safe. And, uh, well, that's not exactly how it goes down. Do you want to say who they uh, stop in front of? <laughs> oh, boy. Peter has a secret. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> Uh, as soon as they hang up, Peter is like pulling into a parking garage, and Claire's like, "Where the hell are we going?" And sure enough, they pull in and see who is standing there, arms crossed, but <laughs> his good old brother Nathan Petrelli. <laughs> I love just the look of him, just sitting there, arms crossed, like, "Oh, he's so like the bad guy in this moment," you know? Because you know, Claire was like, "I'm sure there was an argument we didn't see," where it was like, "I have to call my dad to tell him Ted's dead." And he's like, "I need to call my brother," and she's like, "No, no, no, no." Which they get into this. She's like, "We can't trust him, Peter." Mm-hmm. We cannot trust uh, Nathan. He's like, you know, it's my brother. It's your father. We have to trust him. And Peter's just like, you know, I'm afraid and I need my brother and I need him to help us. So, oh. Pete. <laughs> oh, my heart. Pete. He gets out of the car and um, tells Nathan that, like, you know, it, I'm not the bomb. It's Siler. And we need to find him and stop him. And Nathan's kind of like, you know, what do you want me to do? You know, and Peter doesn't know what exactly he wants Nathan to do. Just help him. Just, you know, just help me. Can we just, with the absolute vulnerability in his voice when he goes, I don't know, just help me. Like, oh, Milo, you're killing me, kid. Oh, man. And like, can I have a quick moment to mention something about that? Go for it. I really think it's cool that this, a big part of the season finale of Heroes is Peter admitting fear. Like, he's not just some hardcore badass just because he has all these powers. Like, a big part of his journey is he has doubts. And Siler did kill him the last time they faced off. So mm-hmm. I love that the show respects that and his general fear of exploding and dying and taking out all these innocent lives. Mm-hmm. I love that he's just, like, willing to be very um, emotionally vulnerable. He is extremely emotionally vulnerable in this matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which we, we get to more later, especially when a certain character talks about him. Oh, boy, yes. So, um, 
Nathan really is just trying to keep Claire separated from Peter. You know, like, we'll get Claire out of here. We, she, we don't need her here. And um, Peter's like, well, she's not here. You know, I could die. And Nathan's like, you know, you'll be fine. He said you could regenerate if you explode. Like, ooh, who said Peter could regenerate? I'm sure Peter's mm-hmm. thinking, you know. And then he hears Nathan think that there's nothing you can do to stop it. They're all going to die. And immediately, oh, Claire was right about you. Because mm. while he was talking to Nathan, Claire got out of the car to make a run for it. Because she wasn't going to sit here and waste time. Sadly, she runs right into Angela. And so that Peter freaks out. Because again, you know, Nathan is exactly who Claire <laughs> said he was. And he goes mm. invisible and skedaddles out of there. But this makes Peter stressed out. He's got to confront the fact that his brother isn't going to be very helpful. That his brother's resigned to the explosion. And he starts to blow again. His hands go and it's like, not now, not now. But luckily for us, he faints and doesn't explode. I love how he, like, basically has a panic attack. Yes. Poor guy. Like, like again, this is our hero, capital H. Like, and, and this is how he gets to be in the finale. I don't know, I just really like how he gets to go through this, this journey of uh, not having any answers and being very vulnerable. And it's just cool to get to see him go through that in the episode. Yeah. We go back up to where Molly is, and Ben is just like, how much longer until she's up and running? And Matt's just like, she's not a machine. Like, just all, grr. There's a lot of grr in this room. Uh, a lot of me typing my little grr emoji a lot in this note. Uh, I do. And Matt and O'Hinder are coming together to be super protective over Molly. It's like, hmm, hmm. I wonder hmm. if that's going to mean anything in season two. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, but Molly, Molly's a tough little bean, and she says that she can find Siler, and she talks about her ability for Matt this time, because, you know, he wasn't around for the first demonstration of it, and she talks about how she can find anyone, but there's only one person she can't, and we're setting up for our season two baddie again, and she's just like, he's a lot worse, and I think about him, he can see me, and I'm like, oh, they're really trying it here, because, like, okay... (laughs) Let's 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 take a moment. Let's let's uh, let's sit down and let's let's drive over to spoiler land. It, it's it's so an interesting thing for the show to have to deal with the fact that they accidentally cast an incredibly charismatic and interesting person to play their season one finale who was not meant to pass last past season one, and they will forever struggle with trying to find someone who can match up with that. Mm-hmm. Like, because they have to try to be like, oh, it's our second season. We gotta gotta do more. Gotta do bigger. Gotta do better. And it's true that the person she's talking about has a really scary power, but uh, I would absolutely love to gather a group of Heroes fans in the room and just be like, who's your favorite villain besides Siler? And now one person's going to say Maury Parkman. Nope. Uh, anyway, driving back from Spoiler Town. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's our spoiler car. And it's a cube. And so... <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, so Bennett, he, Bennett goes full Mohinder and he's like, think about Siler right now. <laughs> like you, you all, all you adults need to just stop because you're just throwing this kid into the shit. And I know time's running out, but wow. Um, and then when she finds him and everyone's like, oh, that's Isaac Mendez's loft. I'm like, yeah, he's quote unquote hiding in one of the four regular sets on the show. It's not hard. Did you guys even try? <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, so they but, realize he's at... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't know if you're about to say it, but my favorite part of that is, like, they're like, oh, it's Mo- Mendes' Loth, and Matt's like, who? Who? <laughs> it 
it's it's our it's our final run in season one of characters getting to go. Who is that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's Isaac's loft where he's currently at. Uh, so Nathan and Angela are like marching Claire away in the parking garage. They're being so strong armed about it, which mm-hmm. okay, they have to be because she's she's a flight risk. Um, <laughs> so Bennett is able to call Claire, and it's Angela who picks up, and she's all super sass. And he's like, I'm her father. Uh, and she's like, mm, no, you're the man we gave her to to look after. And you're not doing a great job. So we're going to take her. We're going to take her away from the state of safety. I suggest you leave and do the same. And so he gets the chance to talk with Claire. And he tells her, just stay with them because he needs her to be safe and protected. And as soon as you're out of the city, you try and get away. You understand? And... I love how afterward Bennett's like, we need to find Peter. And I'm like, ask Molly. She's literally right there. <laughs> um, so, which I'm sure is what they end up doing. But uh, yeah, they have a new priority. Peter Petrelli, they have to find him. He's the only one who can stop Smiler, uh, which is pretty true. Uh, your guns aren't going to do shit against TK. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to learn all about that. <laughs> so, oh, man. So like, yeah, because Matt does this whole thing where he's like, I've come 3,000 miles from home. I've left my pregnant wife. Take a shot <laughs> at home. He's a bad guy. I'm a cop. I need to stop him. And it's like, yeah, in the regular world, you would have a chance. You, you're you just not operating on this level, bud. Like, you've seen what Siler can do. Yep. But, you know, live your fantasy, I guess. So, Matt's like, mm, I'm going to stop him. And we go back over to Peter, and I would love to hear you talk about Peter's uh, fun little uh, moment here. Where he gets to meet some old friends again and learn some stuff. Yeah, his fun little whatever it is, because we don't really know what it is. They've never been clear about it. They even say, like, you, later on that, you know, we don't, doesn't matter what it is. Um, so Peter's laying passed out in the street. Uh, he wakes up and he's on the DeVoe rooftop. He's in the greenhouse. And he sees himself pushing Charles, Charles DeVoe, onto the roof. And Angel's right with him. And uh, he leaves him on the roof. Angela's sitting with him and he walks back in the greenhouse and you know he meets Simone this is like the first time he met Simone she's all well your mom knows my father somehow and you know Peter's the the new hospice nurse and so she kind of calls him a hero for the things that he does and he's like you know your father's last few weeks they can be beautiful Uh, death connects us all in the end and it reminds us what's important is who we've touched and how much we've given I wrote his entire speech down in my notes (laughs) (laughs) I wrote like some of it Oh my god, that was the part I was telling you about earlier where I was like, I wrote down a lot of things people said, and that was me. Like, I wrote the whole fucking thing down. He talks so much in that moment. He does. He talks a lot. Do you want to say the whole speech? It's beautiful. It's a really good, like, little bit of dialogue, and it really made me kind of feel some kind of way about about Peter on the show. Yep. Do you want to give the full speech? I mean, if you want. Go for it, because I don't have the full one quite written down. I think you have more than Okay, so he goes... His death, it could be beautiful if you let it be. I'm not saying it's not tragic for you. Death is the one thing that connects us all. Reminds us of who we've touched and what we've given. Reminds us that we have to be good to each other. And I'm just like, oh mm-hmm. boy. If that didn't just seem like they were setting Peter up to die in the finale, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it really seemed like it right then. I was like, oh, wow. That is like the kind of thing where it's like, remember who we've touched and what we've done. I was like, oh, they're going to kill Peter. <laughs> like... Holy crap. That is very true. Mm-hmm. So he also tells Simone, like, you know, your father's the real hero, not me. 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and this is the first time we really get to see Charles talking because in the very first episode he was in bed and he didn't really get to say much. Mm-hmm. So he's he's still up. He's doing all right right now. Present Peter, whatever he is, he kind of like his his, <laughs> his eye turns to the other conversation happening, which is between Angela and Charles. And Charles is like, you know, uh, believe me, if he knew, you'd know. And then he asked about Nathan. So they were talking about Peter there. Potentially about if mm. Peter was manifesting his powers. And uh, Angela's like, oh, he's Nathan. He's on the track. He's ready to do what we need him to do. I know he will be. And Charles is like, uh, I think Linderman is betting on the wrong brother. <laughs> and he's convinced that the world won't be saved on strength. It's heart. And Peter is that heart. And uh, Angela's like, Psh. Peter is ruled by insecurities. He's weak. The bomb will go off. And Nathan will be the one the world turns to. And Charles disagrees with this. He's like, no, the world, it's not set in stone. The world can be saved without doing it this way. She, Angela's like, well, one of us is going to be wrong. And guess what? Charles is not going to be there to see it either way. And he's kind of glad he's not going to be able to see it either way. So Angela leaves and Charles is sitting there and Peter's kind of looking at him. And then he's like, I know you're there, Peter. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was like, I think that was before the commercials, too. It was just like, oh. <gasps> yeah. It's like, I know you're there, Peter. Like, ooh. Again, because we're like, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make clear what exactly is happening to Peter here. No, and they'll talk about it when we get back to it. Mm-hmm. They're going to reference that. They're like, what is this? Ooh. Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if people were obsessed with finding an answer to that or not. I don't remember people being. I, I don't think they were too concerned with it in reference to all the other stuff that they need answers about after this episode. True. So we see, we see Ando and he's trying to do cool sword stuff as he gets into Isaac's loft to go kill the bad guy. Just bless his moxie, I suppose. (laughs) And I'm like, you didn't even get the training, bud. Like, this is gonna go about how you think it's gonna go. And he straight up slips in Isaac's gross fucking blood that's still there. It's been, like, a couple days now. It's still there. Which and I want to talk about mm. for a second, because we talked about okay. Siler not cleaning up his messes. He's a messy bitch, yeah. He has no remorse. Mm-mm. That is why he doesn't clean up his shit. Yeah, no, he doesn't care. Zero remorse. Oh. Continue. <laughs> let, the, let the world see. Who's going to stop? It's, it's arrogance, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, you know, a whole squadron of cops could come in and see a dead body, and he'd be like, I can take care of it. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... He straight up slips in the blood, which you realize he was using to help with the painting from earlier. <laughs> because, you know, artists have their different mediums they like to use. <laughs> and also, it's one he's familiar with because the forgive me was scrawled in blood. Mm-hmm. So he's just elevated his style at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's blood dripping off the canvas. Like, it's very, it's very fucking obvious. Uh, so Ando looks at that painting for a minute, and Siler, you know, comes up, and he TKs the sword away from him, like, really, bitch? Really? <laughs> like, you think you're gonna do this? Like, I didn't come this far in my supervillain journey to get taken out by the <laughs> likes of you. Like, the whole time, that's their interaction, the whole time. Yep. It's him being like, yeah, no. Uh, he TKs him against the wall, and he holds him there. It's very dramatic. He, like, floats him against the wall and, like, slams him against the wall. And it's such a show-offy thing, too, because he's like, I can do that, and I can pick this up, and I can, you know, like, you can't do shit. And he picks up the comic that Ando drops when he throws him. And he's like, huh. And the way he looks at it, he's like, oh, a comic book, you fucking nerd. 
he has like this little judgy look on his face, which is so, um, it fits in so well with him um, by the end of the series because you get a better idea of like his taste in books. Wink. So, <laughs> you know, he's just like, oh, this nerd. So he sees a comic book and he's like, comic book that predicts the future. What will they think of next? And he looks at it. And he sees himself getting stabbed by Hero, and he just gets immediately put off. He's like, this is how Isaac thought I'd die. Stabbed by a silly little man. And he throws the comic. And Ando's like, oh, you cannot take my brain. And Siler has the best little bitch please look. He's like, what would I want with your brain? And Zachary really plays this, like, over-the-top archness in this whole scene <laughs> that I just live for. I live for this. This is peak season one Siler. This and his final battle mm-hmm. are just like, yep, he never quite gets to this version of the character again. Um, and he asks, and, and he starts interrogating him, and he's like, where's Peter Petrelli? And Ando's like, I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> because it's so great, because it's like, they're living in a comic book, so obviously the villain's like, well, the heroes all know each other, and they're all, you know, in cahoots. Obviously they wouldn't, you know, be able to tell me where the other one is. And Ando legit is like, I do not know. I have not seen that guy since Texas or whatever. <laughs> like, nope. And so he starts uh, sawing at his neck instead of his forehead because he doesn't need the brain. I was like, oh, that's 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 rough. And he starts sawing at him. He's like, ah. And Hero pops in. He picks up the sword behind him. And he's like, let him go. And Siler's kind of like, he's kind of, oh, at first. But then he's, he just saw smirk again. He's just one big living smirk in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he's just like... I don't think I'm going to. And he turns back around and he's like, you think you can do your little trick before I can do mine? All you gotta do is stop time before I cut off his head. And Hero lowers the sword and he manages to pop over to Ando and pop right back out and save him. So yeah, you arrogant ass. He can. <laughs> he can do his little trick before you can do yours. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Siler's, you know, brief moment of humility, if you can even call it that in this episode. Um, uh, yeah, so he's, he's having a day. I like that Ando was on the wall before they popped away, like, don't worry about me here, I'll just stab him, just stab him. I know, right? He's like, do it! (laughs) (laughs) Just kill him! Uh. Oh, God. It's not time for that. No. Ando's just trying to help save the world, alright? He's just trying to help save the world. He is, and he's very gung-ho about, like, just stabbing this guy all the time forever. (laughs) Like, he's... He, he and Mohinder would get along famously. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I'm going to my grave, I'm going to my grave trying to save the world. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, good on him, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like the it's like the Parkman thing. You're out of your league, bud, in all ways. Yes, so. indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we'll go over to Nikki. Nikki is looking for Micah. They're on the 42nd floor. And, well, she opens the door and there's Jessica sitting on the couch. And Micah dead on the floor. Look what you did, Nikki. It's all your fault. And she's like, oh my god. (laughs) And Jessica starts taunting her. She's like, the wrong sister died. Uh, You're nothing. I'm the one that they needed. And, you know, your son's dead on the ground. And that's really all we get for the moment (laughs) with those. Mm -hmm. uh, Micah appears to be dead. And so we'll go over to Nathan's office. And uh, Claire's having an argument with her grandmother and her father. And she's all, nothing is inevitable. The future is written in stone. And, you know... Nathan's like, ah, it's Claire, it's going to happen, etc. And, you know, if everything is inevitable, why has she been keeping us apart all these years? And he's like, don't, Peter's not going to die, don't worry about Peter. And she really hits the nail on the head. She's like, okay, he's not going to die, he's going to live and kill millions of people. How can you let him be responsible Mm -hmm. for that? 
how can you let Peter kill millions of people? That's going to weigh on him yeah. forever. Yes. And so Nathan goes to his default, which is getting handsy. And he's like, I know it's hard to trust me right now, but it's all going to make sense very soon. And so they hug it out. And Claire gets his look in her eye. And she's like, I already have a family. And she shoves his ass away and jumps <laughs> out the window, falls 10 or 12 stories, splat. And then she gets up and limps away. And Angela and Nathan are both looking down after her. And Angela's like, I know what you're thinking, Nathan. You have to let her go, though. Do you understand? Just let her go. So, yeah. Oof. Also, um, when they're in Nathan's office, he very clearly is packing up a photo of him and Peter together. Oh, I... <laughs> Remember? Oh, uh, yeah. I know the photo you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He picks it up. He looks at it. And I'm pretty sure he puts it in his briefcase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Angela also tells Claire that they're going to give her everything she's ever wanted, a family and a place to belong. And it would have been amazing to see what Claire Petrelli could have looked like. Mm. That would have been a fun story. A little road we didn't get to go down. So I'm going to pop back over to Nikki. <laughs> All right. So pop. Nikki and Jessica are fighting. Or rather, Jessica is being the shit out of Nikki right now. <laughs> yes. And she taunts her again. But this time when she taunts her, she kind of stops and has to catch her breath. And then Nikki looks down at a broken mirror on the floor. And Jessica's like, Nikki, that is not me. Stop her. <laughs> and Nikki's like, what the hell do you mean? And then Jessica, air quote, is like, who are you talking to? And Nikki stands up and punches Jessica and knocks her out with one punch. And the illusion fades. It is not Jessica. It is Candace. And the mic who is dead on the floor vanishes. Which, this is kind of plot holy. <laughs> oh, do, do tell. Uh, knowing what Candace actually looks like. Uh, yes. The Candace we see on the floor is not actual Candace. And for her to nope. default to that after being knocked out to drop the rest of the illusions, it wouldn't make sense. Not even a little bit. Nope. Because we see later on mm -hmm. her in a similar circumstance and she turns into her real body. Yes. So. Which, oh yeah, that is true. I think the comic, though, that uh, addresses the Betty of it all, it's Betty, right? Mm-hmm. Is a summer comic. It is. It's not in the first volume. Yeah, so I think that comes out between season one and two. And yeah. so that could be why they didn't, you know, make that reveal then. But it's still kind of plot holy. <laughs> no, it is. It 100% is because, you know, they introduced it and they didn't follow through with it. It's also possible that they were, again, hoping to keep um, the actress on. Yeah, I'm sure that was a big part of it as well. But sadly, that ends up not being the case. Mm -hmm. So once fake Micah is gone. You can hear real Micah banging on a closet because he's very much alive. And uh, Nikki gets the door open and he's like, is it really you, mom? And she's like, yeah, it is. And they hug it out. And, you know, it's like, is it really you is like more than one. Like, it's not Jessica, right? And it's not Candace, right? <laughs> it's mom, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So they, they get to hug it out and she's found her son again. So meanwhile, outside, we see Mohinder trying to make his way through the building with Molly. And they've clearly made it to the 42nd floor because they find DL who is passed out by the elevator. And Mohinder's like, I have to help him. Molly's like, but what if he's a bad guy? And he's like, no, I have to help him. So Mohinder goes over to help him and Molly is trying the elevator and it's not working. And that's where we leave them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Everyone's getting pulled together. Everyone's crossing yep. paths, getting like fully more into it. Finally. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there was also a brief scene in between the first time with uh, Nikki and Candace and uh, Nathan, Angela, and Claire, where we see Matt showing up at the loft with his gun. Really? I didn't. I didn't remember. I must have been typing and not yep. even noticed. <laughs> 
I pa- I pause the episode a million times. I have to, or I I will I will miss stuff like that. Matt shows up at the loft with his gun, trained and ready, but Siler's already left at this point. Uh, so he we get this moment where Parkman gets to see all the different paintings mm. uh, and all the different things that have happened, mm-hmm. like the cheerleader and like Peter and all that, and, uh, and the blood. We really get the sense of the blood uh, <laughs> dripping off the paint uh, the painting that he did, and so he sees the. You know, the, the Kirby Plaza showdown painting. And yeah, it was just a quick little scene. Um, I didn't even make any note of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, before Nathan, Angela, and Claire also, Mohinder's packing up stuff, and Molly tells them that Siler's already here. What the fuck? This was not in my episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's already at Kirby. They gotta go. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't write either of that no. down. So great, great job. Great notes. Great notes. <laughs> This is why we're a team. Yes, that is true. So, that is true. So, uh, so, okay, so I just had to make mention of that. And so, woo, back to where we're at in the story. Uh, we emerge in Yamagato Industries in Japan, and it's where Hiro takes Ando. And Hiro's going to go back alone. And it, it's not for any, like, reason of, like, oh, I don't need you around, Ando, or anything. It's very noble. It's very, like, no, this part of my journey, I must finish alone. And Ando says, you know, hey, I'm not afraid and all that. And Hiro's like, hey, it's okay. You've shown me what bravery truly is. I need to do this. And it's, like, a really sweet moment between them mm-hmm. uh, where Ando name-checks this pantheon of, like, great pop culture heroes. And he says the people will talk about Hiro the same way. It's meta! Um... <laughs> And in doing so, they name drop Kensei again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. This guy sure is getting a lot of attention all of a sudden. So, you see Hero, and it's great, because it's like, this is a hero who's, like, ready. He's not jaded, you know, killer future hero. But this is a guy who's finally where he needs to be to do what he's got to do, no matter how difficult it's going to be. And Ando says he looks badass, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. And he gives Ando the Kensei sword, and he takes the other one for himself. And he's like, here, this is how you know I'll be back, because I gotta come get my sword. You know, it's like, it's, it's all very, like, it's all very, like, self-referential. It's, it's fun. And so Hiro, yeah, he's safely squirreled Ando away. He is going to finish this journey himself, he hopes. And now we are... You know, his his part of the story is everything's leading down to Kirby. It's all just leading down to the big showdown. So we're back in the dreamscape? Question mark? Uh, Charles immediately clocks uh, that Peter's using invisibility. And he's like, yeah, I like that one. And Peter's like, is this a dream or, or am I time traveling? And I love how Charles is like, meh, does it really matter? <laughs> like, <laughs> where we're at right now. Like, you just you just need to hear this. He says you need to hear the truth before you can save the world. And Peter's so fucking adorable. He's just like, I do it. I save the world. Like, I just... <sighs> this is a Peter we're never going to see again, okay? <laughs> you all need to be here in this little, like, boat with me of just wanting to hug this little puppy Peter. Because any version of him we see from this point is not going to be quite this. He's going to go through a lot. Yep. And so this is kind of like the end of that, Peter. And, and I just I, I just want us to all appreciate it one more time. And so Charles is like, yeah, there has to be one that's good. Your heart has the ability to love unconditionally. And that's why you're going to do it. Like, you're going to be able to do this. And it's just, oh, it's just so, like, he just really juices him up. He just really pumps him up and tells him everything he needs to hear. And, and tells him that, you know, he's got what it takes to do it. And it's just, it's such a nice little moment. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. 
And we go back into, I don't know, the, the present day outside of the dream. I don't know. Wait, wait, before we go there. And what? Yes, hi. You have to say the important thing. What did I miss? In the end, all that really matters is love. Okay, yeah, see? And this is why we have we work together, because I did not write the full thing. Yes, I just, just wrote a little bit. Because I believe yeah. that he said that in an earlier episode as well. I think you're right. So it's kind of echoing that again. I think you're right. Or like Simone that said, that was his favorite thing to say. Yeah, one of those yeah. Two yeah. It is one of those two things. It's either something he says before he dies or it's something he says to Simone and Simone says it to him. Yes. Yeah, you have nailed it. And so uh, Bennett is the one who finds Peter passed out on the ground. And he's he wakes him up, brings him back. I don't know. It's just like, you're never going to get confirmation about it. But um, it's a cool camera shot, though, where it's sideways and then whoop, it just goes back straight mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. It's just back into the present. And so he's like, where's Claire? And, uh, or, or, yeah, Peter asks where Claire is and, you know, she's safe with your mother. And I'm like, eh, safe. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter kind of does that, too. He's kind of like, well, you know. Um and he's like, you know, Bennett is like, you, you know, he tells him, Peter's like, you need to leave too. You know, this is about to go down and, and you're vulnerable and you got to go. And Bennett's like, you saved my daughter's life. I told you I owed you for that. Consider this payback. And he promises he's got the gun. He's like, he promises he'll put Peter down himself if it comes to that. And we know, we know he will. He almost killed the child. So <laughs> he's not going to have any hesitation. And Peter's like, thank you, Mr. Bennett. And in the moment we've all been waiting for, and it was a big fucking deal when it aired, yes. uh, he turns to him and he goes, call me Noah. And that's the name that I've accidentally said twice now on the show. <laughs> so. You can just cut in all the times I've called him, like, Noah. Seriously, you like, call me Noah, Noah, Noah. No, like, no, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And Noah's side is going, oh shit, oh shit, I said Noah. Noah, or god damn it, I did it again. So, he has a name now. <laughs> yep. And from this point on, I'll never call him anything but, because I think it's a cool name. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so we, we have a dream team of sorts, a, a nice one of us, one of them. See how they do. Well, they'll okay. be up against okay. a lot, so good luck to them. <sighs> and how. Mm-hmm. We go back to the um, elevator, and Micah and Nikki kind of meet up with Molly Mohinder and DL. Woo, look at how many people. <laughs> and <laughs> all here. They're all kind of, like, sitting there panicking a little. And Micah goes over to the elevator and fixes it. He's like, you know, I'm always like, it's broken. He's like, no, it's not. And he fixes the elevator, and they all get on it. And, you know, we get this kind of... Like, I think there's another scene, like, a little later on with uh, DL, Nikki, Micah, and Molly. And it makes me wonder if there was potential other thing they were going to do with Molly for season two. It sure seems like it, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? But, Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Yeah, they have like a little heroes moment, like little heroes, and it, it, it's like, oh, it would have been cool to to get to see them do more stuff together. Yes, uh, but yeah, plans don't quite go that way. No, they do not. Now we're in the big showdown. Ding ding! Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> a lot happens. Moment. My notes are probably <laughs> yes. terrible. I'm just like, this happens. This happens. This happens. My notes are huge. My notes are like two pages just of this. Oh my god, yeah. I can imagine. I was like typing as fast as my little fingers would take me. Okay. <laughs> so, Peter and Noah arrive at Kirby Plaza, and they're looking around like, uh, uh, Siler, he should be here. I don't see him, so he's hiding in plain sight. And Siler like pops in right behind HRG and flicks him away. 
God damn it. Is this another, like, teleportation thing? It, it feels like it watching it again. Like, he doesn't quite, we don't uh... see him pop in, but we get the reveal of, like, oh, he's behind you. Because they're the only two people in that square. It is it is Wild West abandoned. Mm-hmm. Or again, I'm know. I'm very pro team. He's got like a Hobbit power too. Yeah. So I yeah. you know stealth one hundred whatever. <laughs> got you. Yep. Yep. And he's like, "Well, what took Damn. you so long?" <laughs> and um, we get to see the little painting shot of Siler and Peter kind of squaring off. And Siler's like, "Oh, haven't I killed you before?" And Peter's like, well, it didn't take. And so <laughs> Siler starts, as I wrote, force choking Peter. <laughs> yes, it's very that. <laughs> and this is when all hell breaks loose, because here comes Matt running in, huh. and he tries to shoot Siler. And for his great, you know, attempt, Siler stops the bullets without a second thought and flings them right back at Matt. While holding Peter in his other hand. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. Mm-hmm. This is Super Saiyan Siler right now. Uh-huh. And we get to see at that point the Sanders and Mohinder coming out of the building and Mohinder leaving the Sanders behind and rushing to Matt, who we just saw get shot and fall to the ground. What did he get? Four bullets? Uh, four or five. Right to the chest. Yeah. yeah. You could argue the speed isn't quite the same as it would be, but semantics. Oh, sure. Matt is down. <laughs> Yeah, officer down. Uh, so while this is all happening, Siler goes like full mega uh, maniacal. And he's just like, you think I'm going to let you ruin it all? Huh? Take all the glory? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> and um, he uses his ability to snatch a parking meter out of the ground, grabs it, and brains the shit out of Peter with it. It's like, holy crap. He's just like, bam, just takes him down. That really, I mean, if he couldn't heal, that would have killed him. Yep. <laughs> like that, like, I, I love how uh, cavalier people are with head injuries in movies and TV. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That would have just done. Um, Nikki sees this all unfold, and she decides to get involved in the fray. And she goes over there while Siler's distracted trying to beat down Peter. She snatches the parking meter from him, and she gets him right in the chest. She nails Siler something fierce. And it's so... Okay, this got a lot of shit in the forums and such after it aired. Because people were like, why doesn't everybody just gang up against Siler? That's honestly the only thing they could have done. But... Uh, you know, it's like they had concerns. Like it's, like, it's like the whole thing with the, you know the big multi-power show-offs that the show never really got to show. Mm-hmm. Because, like, budget and realities of television, and, you know, there were a lot of factors at play. So, she only gets to hit him the one time. And then Peter's like, go back to your family. I got this. But it's so great. It's so, like, the Peter and Siler of it all. Yep. And so she does. She hucks the uh, the parking meter away, and she goes back to her family. And Peter just punches the absolute heck out of him. Because, as we've seen before, when powers aren't involved, let's not forget, Siler's like a sweater vest wearing little dweeb. And <laughs> Peter can hit. We've seen it with Nathan. Mm-hmm. He can throw a punch. That's a really important thing. We don't talk enough about that. Just because you're all, like, evil and, and like, you know, whatever, it doesn't make you good at fighting. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we see that with Siler a lot in the future. He's never trained or anything. Like, he doesn't, yeah. Like, I have to imagine, like, Peter got shown how to box, probably by Nathan. Probably. Um... That seems like a real real thing that could have happened. But yeah, Siler, he just, he, he relies on his willingness to do horrible things and his powers, and that's it. 
So he gets his ass kicked. And at least this really great moment where Siler gets to do like full on like Joker face crazy laughter with like blood on his face and everything. Because Peter is getting worked up and he's starting to glow. And it's Siler very like, hee hee, this is what I wanted all, all along kind of bullshit. And he stands up again and he's like, turns out you're the villain, Peter. I'm the hero. Because everyone at the time was like, what does that even mean? You know, like, what is he doing? <laughs> but it makes sense. If, if, if what happens next didn't happen, he could have killed Peter and stopped the bomb. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, he would have been the hero. It makes sense. I don't know why it doesn't make sense to people. So he is going to probably just take Peter out because Peter is dealing with his, no, no, he's got his glowing hands. But Hero pops in and he runs Siler through with his sword. He stabs the absolute shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Shank! Like, it is through his back. It, it, he's, he's done. He's done, dude. And he pops in and he stabs him and he runs him through and he does this, like, yata. It's, like, really badass. And Siler, like, really dramatically stumbles away. And he flops down on the floor and he's, like, blood. It's just, like, just everywhere. He's, like, super fucked. And before he dies... Siler flings Hero away so he can't help Peter because <laughs> he's an asshole. Yep. It's very like, well, if I'm going down, goodbye the world. So, and goodbye Peter in particular. Like, they're going to go down together. So he flings Hero away and he's about to smash him into the side of a glass building. But then Hero pops away to prevent that from happening. And that's, the, that's what we see of Hero for, like, this fight. He's done. He's out. Peter's still glowing. Siler's dying. We get this really great shot where we see the slideshow in his uh, his vision eyes again, and it stops with him all just dead on the side, you know, on, on like the road on, on his side, and then that's it. It just goes blank. And Peter is gonna blow. And pretty much the whole gang is here for it, too. Like, everybody's here. They're all in danger. So someone's gonna have to act, and fast. And... Who tries to do that, Rachel? Well, we see Noah try to do it, but he's mm-hmm. been knocked pretty hard by Siler, and he can't quite get his arm up to do it. So who should show up but Claire? And she sees her dad down, and she takes the gun from him, and she moves in toward Peter, and she's ready to do what needs to be done. And Peter sees her, and he's like, do it. You're the only one, Claire. And she's very upset obviously. And she starts to cry and like, tell me there is another way. She doesn't want to lose Peter. (laughs) Mm. And Peter's like, you know, shoot me. There is no other way. And Claire readies her gun to shoot when, whoop! Who should drop in on the scene but Nathan Petrelli. Oh my god! And he's like, there is another way, Claire. The future isn't written in stone. And he pushes her gun down and starts heading toward Peter. And uh, he walks toward her and he's like, I'm not leaving you, Peter. There's another way to end this, and you know it. And if you remember way back to half a season ago, to Peter's vision of the bomb, a big part mm. of that vision was Nathan coming to him and saying, I'm not yep. leaving you, Peter. And Peter's like, you know, I can't let you die. And Nathan's like, well, I can't let anyone else die. You saved the cheerleader so we could save the world. And Peter's like, I love you, Nathan. And he's like, I love you, too. And he grabs Peter, and he flies him up into the sky. And we get to see everyone, like, kind of stumbling up and looking up at what happens, minus, like, Parkman, who's kind of, like, half dead. 
<laughs> and Siler. <laughs> and uh, a few moments later, we see an explosion in the sky. And Nikki's like, what happened to them? And that is the question, isn't it? Yeah, that is that is their cliffhanger. And mm-hmm. we kind of get to see all everyone hugging it out, all the families there. And like I said, we get to see Molly with Micah and the Sanders. Because Mohinder's kind of fussing over Matt at the moment. So I'm like, was plan A going to be Molly with the Sanders? Which I think a lot of people thought oh, before yeah. season two. Because, you know, established family adopting another special kid or whatever. Like, Yeah. It's very, like, Claire and Lyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very true. Very yeah. true. So we jump forward a little bit in time. Just a little bit. And we see Matt getting put into an ambulance. And Molly rushing over like, oh, don't die, Officer Parkman. You're my hero. We then go to see... Uh, HRG and Claire, and they're like, let's go home, and Claire's like, home where our house is burned down. <laughs> and HRG's like, well, anywhere where our family's together. And she looks at him, and she's like, you've got a plan, right? And he, he just kind of smirks at her. <laughs> and we get a slow pan to a pool of blood. And we see that Siler is no longer laying there. And we get to pan over and see that there's now a streak of blood that Siler has either been has either crawled or been dragged into a storm drain. And we get to see a little cockroach walking on top of the storm drain. <laughs> and that is the end of Volume 1. Oh, that Michael Myers motherfucker. <laughs> Siler uh... is a cockroach. <laughs> He's really hard to kill. Yes. Like, you guys think this is, you know, the start and end of it. Oh, hell no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. People are going to try a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, if I may. Yes, please. Um, yes, please. Uh, the Mohinder log that closes off the volume. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mohinder has a really great Mohinder log where he talks about we dream of hope, we dream of change, we dream of fire, hope, and death. So much struggle for meaning, for purpose. I'm just paraphrasing it. Mm-hmm. And when Siler's, you know, cliffhanger is revealed, he has this moment where he goes, to know that in our hearts, that we are not alone. Which is really setting up what they wanted to do with season two. And part of what they're going to do with season two. Mm-hmm. To expand this little, this world that they're creating. Yep. But uh, that's not the only thing you get to see in this episode. Mm-hmm. We get a... Sneak peek of volume two as a treat. Uh, we get to see, it says volume two, generations. We see a beautiful grassy field. And Hero just drops out of the sky. Boom. And he lands hard. And at first we're just like, where the hell is he? Like, is he in a different country? Is he, like, where, where did he land? And then you hear a horse. And you're like, oh shit. And you look over with Hero, and there's a horse and several soldiers. And they're in, like, armor. And he's in feudal Japan. Oops! He doesn't time travel again. (laughs) (laughs) And who do we see getting ready to face off against this group of men? But a lone horseman who has the godsend banner. And we see a thing that's like 1671, Kyoto, Japan. And it's like, oh shit, is that Kensei? And then as the two groups are about to face off, the sky darkens. And an eclipse happens above their heads. And it's great when Hiro realizes what he'd done and he just he just curses in Japanese. <laughs> He's just like, shit! Which he doesn't actually. 
No, he doesn't. He says, like, die pinch, which is like, I'm in a pinch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the subtitles yes. just, you know, the fucking wingdings. And uh, that is our little teaser of what is to come for volume two. And that is the, what we had to suffer with for three and a half months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is wondering what that was going to mean. So Yes. That is the end of the episode and the beginning of our our fandom time <laughs> because it was after the season one finale that we all found each other on the boards because we were all like ah <laughs> like what's gonna happen are these characters dead are they coming back what's gonna go on what's where's this show gonna go and so we all just yelled at each other for like three months um, exactly yeah. that's that's pretty much yeah, it yeah, ah, we are. Talk about yeah. the show with someone ah <laughs> oh my god right like do you think Sally was dragged away or do you think he dragged himself away do you think he can heal how do you think he did that was it tel- was a telekinesis did he turn to a roach is he that cockroach like, yes! yeah oh. it was constant <laughs> Siler, that cockroach. Constant. That's a whole Siler other the conspiracy cockroach. theory about how he teleports. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not entertaining that. <laughs> I'm just not. Um, if he could anamorph, why wouldn't he do it all the time? Uh, Touche. <laughs> hmm. But maybe he does it all the time. That's how he's creepy. <sighs> <laughs> he's just a cockroach and then whoop. The sound of me smashing my own computer. <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah uh it well it was like it was that and it was like do you think parkman's gonna die i bet parkman's gonna die you can't survive that many bullets like it's just this whole mm-hmm. constant like you name the character except for nikki nobody cared um, <laughs> sorry but they didn't um she doesn't have a cliffhanger she also like, yeah she oh, wasn't like, imminent peril like, no like dl might die it was dl and parkman mm-hmm. we were all like are they gonna die because there were rumors that both were going to or neither was going to or one of them was going to yeah like constant throughout the summer and, uh, yeah, and then, like, the, you know, the Siler of it all, which, okay, um, here's, here's how to spoil yourself for TV shows in general back then and now. Just get really involved in casting notices. Yep. And TV news sites. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll, and you'll be spoiled about everything forever. Mm-hmm. Because he, uh, gets made a regular. So you're just like, oh, he's not dead. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is kind of the only thing that soothed my little fangirl heart, because that happened before the finale, I think, or mm-hmm. right after. I was like, oh, good, he's coming back. Like, yeah, I, I was I was concerned. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, what happened to the Pacelli brothers? Is is Peter alive? Because he can heal. Did Nathan die? Are they both dead? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There was just so much of that for just so long. Everyone just yelling and screaming and just running around with, with you know, on fire. Just like, ah, just, they, don't, they don't know. And the show was very coy about it. They were very coy about it. So. Yes, they were. Uh, yeah. Because we didn't get the first, like, trailer for season two for a long time. No. It was at, like, WonderCon, wasn't it? I dare say. Isn't WonderCon in, like, it... I don't know. Uh, or was it Was it San Diego? I think it was San Diego. It was had the probably first one. San Diego. Yeah. Because I remember, I might still have it somewhere. Um, somebody uh, recorded it on their phone or whatever, and they weren't supposed to. And uh, it's awful quality. And, like, someone's head is in the way the whole time. <laughs> And that was all I had to go off of for what was going to happen in season two. Yep. Because, yeah. Because <clears throat> believe it or not, kids, back in the day, uh, when Comic-Con would release a trailer or something, they wouldn't release it over online, like, the day after. You would just be fucked if you weren't there. So They still do that with some stuff. Some stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to control the flow of information now that phones are better now, though. So 
I also feel like um, it, it'll be interesting to see how after this summer and this Comic Con, which is you know all digital, free for everyone, mm. how that's going to change upcoming Comic Cons and stuff like that. Oh my God! Right? Who the fuck would pay a hundred and fifty dollars to go to a con anymore? The experience. Sure, sure. And I know people want to get their pictures taken with celebrities, etc. But for the most part, it's like this. Yeah, that's going to change the landscape of it it has to which comic-con is a ride and eventually we will talk about comic-con and our experience at comic-con all that kind of stuff yeah which you know could be one of our bonus episodes we could even though when we went wasn't for another few seasons no we can certainly talk about it well we were at the final heroes uh ever the final heroes panel yes so Mm -hmm. yeah which was a hoot and a half and i have a billion pictures of it Mm -hmm. that i can share so Yeah. yeah so we did it. We finished season one. Who'd have thought? Not me. Who'd have thought? Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paul Rudd. Um, so You're welcome, Fedora Tip. <laughs> she can't even say you're welcome to the host of Hot Ones that he's saying that to because I watch Hot Ones. I know who's saying that to. I, I don't watch Hot Ones. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just like, um, I'm Sean Evans right now if you're Paul Rudd. So. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, we're, we're, we're finished with season one, and we've mentioned this before, but we're not immediately going to go into season two. We're going to do some fun little extra episodes before that. Do we want to talk about what our next one's going to be with the graphic novels, or no? Yeah, because that's set in stone. We'll talk about that one in particular. Is the future set in stone? For that episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. You said it. That's my homework. That's um, what we're doing. <laughs> it is. Uh, and I encourage our listeners to do the same. Um so, our our first bonus episode, or, you know, in between episode, between the seasons, is we are going to take a look at the first volumes worth of graphic novels that were released. Mm-hmm. And we are going to each pick our five favorite graphic novels and tell you why. And we encourage you to do the same. Um, you can get the, I mean, obviously, if you have the, the published version, that's the easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you can find them online. They're just kind of tricky to get now because all the heroes wiki closed and everything, but the Wayback machine is your friend. And, uh, yeah, we encourage people to come to our discord and share their favorite graphic novels or their thoughts about the season one finale, either when they first watched it or if they've rewatched it recently, you know, you can definitely have a different experience. Uh, I don't know about you, but I had pretty much the same experience. Obviously it was less like shocking because mm-hmm. we already know all the stuff that's going to happen. Cause I got to say when, when I first watched it, when Nathan flew in, I was a wreck. Yes. I was crying so much. Yes. That family love thing. It just gets me. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so we're going to do that. And we're going to do some other ones. We haven't firmly decided what the topics are going to be, <laughs> but we're getting to it yes. now. Uh, but we, no, we have some ideas. We just need to figure out how we're going to lay it out. But our next episode will be about the first volume of graphic novels. So feel free to join us on that journey. There's some good ones. Yeah. Uh, there's some good ones. There's some highly questionable art choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... That's because apparently some of these faces are hard to draw yep. and I'm not, I'm not trying to be shady. It was a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> some of these people uh, were not easily drawn in fan art and otherwise. So yeah. If you do join us, uh, we are going from between the very first graphic novel and the last one in that collection is the death of Hannah Gittleman part two. Mm-hmm. So in between that. Yep. So nothing after that. 
and just everything in, in between those two that we'll be discussing because we want to do this after every season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm excited. I already, I think I already have my top one in my head because I just did a reread of that volume, so I think I know. But we might do it between uh, yeah. every volume. <laughs> well, yeah, like in between every volume. That's what I mm-hmm. meant. I always mean volumes with this show, not seasons, because it's only four seasons, but five volumes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna be doing that as like a fun little uh, palate cleanser slash icebreaker to maybe you know try to draw some more people in because we really want to try to uh, not only explore the extra content that this show released, but we really want to try to give people a sense of the fandom experience. Uh, who weren't lucky enough to participate in it when it was airing. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the focus of a lot of our extraneous episodes that we want to do in between. Uh, I think we're perfectly suited to do that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're we're going to explore some fun things that occurred because just because the show is in its finale of season one and it won't be back, you know, in this timeline of things for three and a half months before season two starts, there was a lot going on. We, we had no shortage of content. We were really lucky in that way. Yeah. A lot of shows don't have that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some fun little things we're going to explore. Uh, and, and then and then we will begin season two, which is going to start to get really interesting. <laughs> These characters have such a clear and cut and dry journey in season one. And, and season two is when things start getting a little fun. Gets a little uh, spicy. Gets a little spicy. Mm-hmm. Gets a little, let's say, interesting for some people. Mm-hmm. Um Definitely mistakes are made, uh, but it's not unwatchable. It's not trash. It's not bad. It still has lots of good stuff in it. And we get to talk about how the season was cut incredibly short because of the writer's strike. So I cannot wait to talk about the season that could and the writer's strike. Ugh. Oh my god, I know, right? I'm like chomping at the bit to like get into that and discuss that and like ponder on it oh i'm just excited they did shoot some stuff mm-hmm. that they didn't get to do what they had planned with mm-hmm. because the writer strike absolutely upended everything it's kind of like what we're going through now <laughs> pretty <so>. much <laughs> it's very similar um in terms of productions being stopped do you want to take us through our socials you can follow us on twitter we're at eclipsed podcast if you would like to follow our personal accounts I am at that burb there, burb with a B, like Noah Bennett. And Keisha is at lady underscore snark, S-N-A-R-K. And I was doing NPR voice, but then I dropped it. I don't care. And <laughs> you can email us. We are eclipsedpod at gmail.com. Uh, we have an Instagram. I will leave the link in the description. We have a Discord. Please come join us on Discord. Have fun. Talk amongst yourselves. Talk with us. We'll ask questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I posted the pictures in question from the last episode on the Discord, so you didn't have to go and look them up. That was very convenient of you to do. Because mm-hmm, I sent them to Keisha after the episode, <laughs> and I was like, let me recopy these and put them on the Discord. So yeah, I'll put the link for that as well in the show notes. That is it for socials. And that is it for our episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the beginning of our Heroes Rewatch journey. We're really, really stoked with the response we've gotten from people. We're excited that people are in the Discord having fun, reliving their moments uh, that they love on the show or just, you know, their their fandom of it all. Um, it's been really cool to see. It's been really cool to see because, like, so many of these people are new to it or 
didn't have anyone to talk about the show with when they watched it. And there's just something very special about the community of fandom. And so, yeah, it's just, it's cool to see that. We are very, very thankful for everyone who listens. We hope you stick with us as we continue onward and upward. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.